Living Adventurously is brought to you in partnership with Kamut, the route planning and navigation app that helps you make the most of your outdoor adventures. Whether you're cycling, hiking, running or bikepacking, Kamut's easy-to-use technology will get you out the door and exploring more of the great outdoors. You can see where I've been exploring by checking out the highlights of my journey on Kamut. Just follow the link in the show notes. My name is Alistair Humphreys. I set out on a bicycle journey around Yorkshire to speak to interesting, ordinary people who, in very different ways, are making an effort to live adventurously. I wanted to talk about what they do, about the barriers they've faced along the way, and to seek their perspective on some of the big questions that all of us encounter in our lives. Welcome to Living Adventurously. <laughs> I've written here, needs intro music. Um, okay, here we go. Um... <laughs> Have a loop. There's nothing like meeting a 20-year-old in a hipster vinyl cafe wearing weeks-old cycling clothes to make you feel very out of place and an old. Charlotte is a musician and a geography student at university. Or is she a geographer, then a musician? That's something she herself has been trying to figure out. I'm always interested to get new perspectives on things that I think I know well. In this case, the world of adventure and its accessibility, or not, to women and the barriers that stop young women like Charlotte from travelling perhaps as widely as they may wish to do. Um, right, I'm sitting in a very trendy hipster cafe in York, thanks to Charlotte, who encouraged us to come here. All the trendy places. Yeah, it's nice, I like it. Um, Charlotte, are you a musician or a geographer? A geographer who plays music. We'll go with that for now. Are you a geographer who plays music or a musician who's studying geography at university? Depends what day it is. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday I think it was a musician who studies geography. But today probably a geographer that plays music. What's the difference between those two personas? Um, I don't think there's much difference really. I think, uh, <laughs> it's like, I think with music you can get away a lot with um, not... Like, it's a lot easier work, I guess, because can, I can probably write a song in about 10 minutes and feel like I've done something. And then for geography, I can, like, spend all day studying and still get nowhere. How, how do you go about writing a song? I've never done that in my life. Um, normally, I'll have, like, a little riff in my head and then sit with a guitar, work out some chords, and then just kind of, like, say what you feel, and I guess... So the, the music comes before the words for you? They normally come at about the same time. Occasionally I'll have like, like a guitar part in my head for like ages and then one day it'll just click and I'll have lyrics for it. And how, how do you um, work? Do you write stuff in a notebook book or um, Normally I have my laptop in front of me, which isn't as poetic. I'm afraid, but... So what, write, do you get, is there some sort of special songwriting programme where you write in No, words? it's just a notes page. Yeah, notes. I've done it on my phone, on my laptop, just like type out the chords. I'm like shooting myself in the foot and just write lyrics and then be like, what did I 
what did I do? And I have like a recording on my voice notes and I have to kind of listen to it and work out where I was playing. Oh, do, you, what, do you sort of sing into your recorder to get the notes? I'll normally like sing for a bit and then if I get something, I'm like, right, I need to record that now before I forget what it is. And yeah. then, yeah. Um, so, you, a while ago you were telling me about, well, tell, tell me about your, um, how you felt when you failed your music A-level. Oh, that was not a good feeling. I was really gutted. Um, I was actually in Yorkshire when I found out as well. And um, she wanted me to go in and meet her. And I, my college is in Leyland near Preston. And I, I was like, I can't. <laughs> so that kind of forced me to drop music, which I didn't really want to do. But at the time, were you wanting to be a musician? Oh, yeah, I wanted to be a producer or a sound engineer. OK. Why didn't you become a producer? I have tinnitus and I, can't, I had to get someone to check my... It was more the EQ that threw me off, you know, because... What's EQ? So if you, like, you add more high frequencies or, like, take the low frequencies off and, like, it kind of makes the sound. But sometimes, like, to me, everything... I really like a lot of bass. Have you heard, like, Billie Eilish's stuff? No. I love her stuff because it's like a comfort Billy's blanket. A girl. Yeah. You're making me feel old and uncool here. <laughs> no, she, she's only just kind of like taken off, but all her music's very like bassy. And if, in, if I'm not careful, if I produce it, just like put the bass up. When I got to stage, I was like, I knew that I'd do that, so I went too much the other way. So I had to get someone to like check that I was not just like doing it for my ears. Although, you know, maybe someone else with tinnitus would like us. Yeah, okay, yes, yeah, there's a niche there. <laughs> Music for people with tinnitus. No, Harvest Moon by Neil Young. Yes, now I do yeah. know that. Yeah. That is for people with tinnitus. He made it like yeah. specifically with sounds that were like nice for people with tinnitus. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, you said something about I can't remember how you phrased it. This is the problem with interviewing people after you've had a nice chat and eaten cake. <laughs> it's not as good second time around. You said something about failing your music exam was good. Yes. What did you say? In the long run, it was the best bad thing that ever happened, probably, something like that. It was, it pushed me to like pursue a geography degree, which I wanted to do anyway. Um, but it kind of, I felt like everything was going against me doing music. And then the moment I changed, everything just fit into place. So it was the best thing that ever happened to me in disguise. So you, you now are accepting that music is a, a hobby, what a part-time thing, but it's not your... I think music will always be there. Um, but I think geography is, I have more passion for geography. You know, there's some days where I probably don't play music. But I don't think there's every day where I don't think about something like geographical that I could pursue. So okay. I think maybe it took me a while to realise that. It's worked out all right in the end. Yeah, it's definitely. It's funny, isn't it, how things that seem like a disaster. And I think as well, when you're a musician in like a non-musician world, you seem a lot cooler than like... When you're a musician surrounded by musicians, everyone's like, OK. So you, if, you were a musician, <laughs> if you were a musician who said you like geography, that'd be really uncool. But being a geographer who likes music makes you the coolest kid in yeah, the geography department. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay, that's, that's a high accolade, high the coolest kid in the geography department. So you've just finished second year yes. at Nottingham University. Yep. Um, and you're deciding whether to go do a master's, maybe a PhD. Yeah. Get a proper job, maybe? I got offered a job in China, 
teaching English. Okay. My cousin uh, is like the head of a school out there who was like, if you need a job for a year, and I was like, it's, it's tempting, you know, like it is. Okay, you have all these options. And I think a master's would probably be the way to go. I, I don't really want to move out of Nottingham yet. I kind of want to stay for a little while longer, so it's just money, which is... Right, well, there's, there are times in life, period in life when you don't have much money, period in money, period in life when you don't have much time. Yeah. Usually varies with age. I think I have the time now. So you're, <laughs> you're young, you're 20. Yep. Um, so you're in the phase of life when you haven't got much cash, <laughs> no. plenty of time. Right? Yeah. Um, so as a 20-year-old woman, she's both diff very different beasts to me. Yes. 42-year-old man. Um, what do you see as the main barriers that stop you getting on and trying to live an adventurous life? A lot of the time it's myself, to be honest. Like, I, I don't know, I, I'm kind of getting out of that habit, pushing myself to do things that scare me. A lot of the time I don't, like, doing things on your own, I think for anyone is kind of terrifying, but then when you're a woman as well, it, it also has that kind of, you know, walking al alone at night is like, but I think... So when you're, when you're walking at, uh, alone at like, night, down some dark streets. You know, in Yorkshire, in Rosedale, it's fine. Yeah. In Nottingham, I wouldn't really do it. Where I live in Nottingham, I wouldn't really walk on my own. You wouldn't? No. So, and it, it frustrates me as well, because like, most nine times out of ten, you're fine. But like, I wouldn't, I'd feel uncomfortable, and that frustrates me. Yeah, geez, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised. I did get followed in Montpellier once, and like, it was, <laughs> I wasn't sure what I was gonna do. I ended up getting on a tram, and then getting off a tram, and like, changing my jacket, and putting my hair up, and like, running away, because I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do, like. <laughs> so that was fun, but. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know if you'd have any interest in, for example, when I finished university, I set off to cycle around the world, so. Uh, hypothetically say something like that interesting. Maybe not you. cycle, I'd definitely walk. Walk around the world, okay. Maybe, yeah. So if you were going to walk around the world, what would in your head now be scaring you, thinking, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that because... Um, I've always wanted to go to the Middle East, and I've always kind of thought, as a young woman alone, that's not going to work. But I don't know, maybe... I've... I think once you get on the ground anywhere, like you find people that'll help you out, and I think the only thing scaring you is like yourself actually getting there. My best friend just moved to Chile, and you know she's like there now, and she rang me, and she's like, I feel like all my worries have just kind of gone now. I'm actually here, so I think sometimes you just gotta like make the move and go. And yeah, but it is daunting. It is daunting. I think my, I <laughs> there was an internship in Istanbul this summer. And I was going to apply for it, and then my mum had a stern word with me, and she was like, I don't want you to go. And I was like, OK. So you're telling me you, you, um, you've been seeing Lev Wood. Um, yeah. Adventurer Lev Wood do uh, talks. Mm -hmm. uh, you're, you've already booked in advance to go see Simon Reed. Yes. So you clearly like this world of uh, travel yeah. and adventure. Are there any um, women in that world that inspire you? You know, I've looked for some. and. Maybe I'm not looking in the right place, but I haven't found many. There was like one, I remember in primary school, we watched like a, a film about a woman that like sailed across the Atlantic. So Probably there is, women, yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, so there's a few, isn't there? But I feel like, I don't know, I don't like admitting there's a disadvantage there, but there probably is. 
So, does, so if, if you were watching, say, Lev Wood or Simon Reeves, trips, would that would you watch them and think, that's cool, I'd like to go do that? Or I think that... Simon Reeve, yeah. Okay. Leverson Wood, sometime. I'm like, I, I think maybe not. Okay, so you're watching Simon Reeve. <laughs> watching him, do you think, that's cool, I'd like to do that? Or do you think, that's cool, but you're a middle-aged white man, or you're white, um, but a middle-aged man, yeah. and therefore you don't feel a connection or not? I feel the connection for sure, but I also feel like sometimes you're like, I couldn't do that. Like, there's like barriers, like I couldn't do that. Because you're a woman? Yeah. There was like, I... And are you conscious of that? Yeah. Maybe, I mean like, on, I had a field trip down to Suffolk and like, I was on a really heavy period and I really struggled being out all day in the field. Like, I had to ask to be closer to the town to deal with it and... I really don't like having that, you know, it really frustrates me. But then it's just part of being a woman, isn't it? So you kind of, I mean, I don't know. It, you can say as much as you want, you want to do, you've got to recognise your limits as well. So I think, I don't know, I don't want to like, oh, like I'm a woman, I can't do that. Because it's not the case that you can do most things. I think you just got to find a way around it sometimes. Or maybe not go on your own as well. Do you think then if there were more um, women doing crazy adventure stuff that would perhaps change your perspective if you saw... Yeah, I think women need so to for do exam- it. For example, if Lev Wood was exactly the same, as everything was exactly the same about his talks, his crazy adventures, yeah. the place he'd been, except he happened to be a woman, would that change? He's also been in the army though. So okay, even if he was a woman and been in the army, I still feel like that kind of experience is shaped. Like, no matter your gender, you know, that's the kind of experience that's hardened you up that I don't have. Okay, so yeah. So, like, there is some gender to it, but also, like, the kind of person. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I've never, I've stayed in a tent for one night my entire life because I, I much prefer a hostel, but I'll rough it, but, like... <laughs> okay, what about the music world, then, in terms okay. of that? In my head, the music world is a fairly even world of women doing cool stuff, men doing cool stuff. Is that is that the case? No. no? Not really. Tell I me mean, more. it's it's um, most of the time it's fine, but then there's also like you don't want to admit to being annoyed by things, which you find like kind of annoying. Like I get what called sort of I get called a diva, and none of my male bandmates do. Aren't divas cool? Like. Um, Divas are Nina an inconvenience Simone. though. No, but it's like, cheap. I don't know, and like... Um, Is that not what they mean by that? I don't think so. I think they're kind of trying to politely tell you you're being annoying. Mm. Um, but then like, my, <laughs> who I play piano for, she has a male fan who comes to every single gig and he's lovely, but he asks for a photo every single time and she feels very uncomfortable, but also uncomfortable telling him that it's weird, you know? Like, because he wouldn't follow around a guy. All the bands that he follows are like 20-year-old women. Okay. So there's that kind of like, you appreciate the support, but then also it's sometimes a bit creepy. I guess there are some guys who follow, who have big fat, sorry, there's some, well, there are, there are a lot, oh, the other yeah, way around, there are like, a lot of girls who like yeah, for sure, yeah. the Beatles and I feel like the, screaming at Yeah, them. the difference is like, I think older men are threatened, more threatening to women than young girls are to like male pop stars, you know, that's the difference, like, but I mean, you, you take it as it comes, it's, I think most of the time I get more annoyed, people are looking at me and not listening to the music, you know, 
I'd much rather someone came up to me and talked to me about my music rather than be like, you're really pretty. I'm like, thanks, but mm, that's not why I'm like here. I wish someone would say I was pretty. <laughs> Isn't it? That, and, then you get, and then you get told you need to just accept the compliment. And it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I'm not like saying yeah, not thank no, you, but like, I'm not sitting on a stool to look pretty. Like. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and about in terms of, um, I know you're moving on now to be the... the uh, Geography with a bit of music, but yeah. imagining you were decide to take the music seriously. Yeah. Do you, would you feel um, that being a woman would limit you on that? No, I don't think so. I think sometimes. I mean, like I, when I got the job with Motley playing piano, she wanted a woman um, specifically, and she got a lot of like people saying, "Why do you want a woman? Like, there's plenty of men that could do it." And she's like, "Because my rest of my band is all men, and I'd like a girl. Like, and there's also talented girls that would do it." So I think sometimes it can play in your favour, especially now people are beginning to realise there's not enough women in music in the headline slots, and so people are looking more for it. And I think sometimes it goes the other way, you know? There's, like, men that are getting pushed aside for women that aren't as good, and I don't think that's okay either. Like, I think we want equality, not, like, one. You know, we're starting to reinforce it backwards, and that's not really... OK, so I'm going to ask, your, going to ask for your wisdom here. <laughs> OK. So I run an adventure speaking events okay, in yeah. London and we have about 12 speakers in everything yeah. and when I first began it which was 2010 yeah. it didn't cross my mind to think about whether someone's a man or a woman I yeah. just went to look for cool people that's the thing yeah And the nature, but the nature of the adventure world mm-hmm. meant that nearly everyone was a man yeah. it didn't even cross my mind so I did that for a couple of years and then I went, did one evening and it was really good and these women they liked it but afterwards they said to me you need to get more women. So then, since then, I've been on a massive mission. Yeah. To equal it up. I think it's important to look for women because a lot of the time it's not that they're not good enough; it's that they find it harder to break through. Yeah. Which, yeah, I completely agree. And I'm so I'm definitely so I'm very keen on making it very even. Yeah. And I really like it, and it and it has without doubt made the event a better event. It was yeah. great. This year, and there have been increasing numbers of women. Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Loads. To the point whereby this year I was organising it, I realised I had nearly all women and I had basically no men. And a woman wanted to speak. Um, and I said to her, I'm really sorry, but I need a couple more men to yeah. meet up. And she went mad at me. She I don't said, think you should choose the best speakers, not the... I think you should what, choose what, the best speakers. What should I have done I in that situation? Know. I think the best speakers is even the way to even go. Even if they're 12 women. Yeah, or 12. I don't know because... Like, I think a mix of both, in the adventure world, for sure, the mix of both, because I think your gender kind of affects how you can, like, adventure, right? So yeah, and tell the story. Yeah. So maybe, like, an eve... I don't know. It's a difficult one. OK, I'm glad you think it's a difficult one. I think it's, it's not as clean-cut. It depends on the event. It depends on the people, like... My aim, generally, is to just get roughly 50-50. Yeah, I think like as long as you're looking for the best speakers, you don't just have like, oh, we'll get her, she's a woman, and you have no idea what she does, you know? Yeah, like, or she's pretty. Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> I've had that before. Oh, gosh. Uh, the one spectacular failing, which is just throughout the adventure world, is yeah. trying to get anyone who's not white. That's a, that's a whole... Yeah. I, mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's the same in like... Um, geography, you know, academics. You look at the people writing the papers, and you're like... Geography is earth writing, right? So we're looking at people writing about the world and then we're looking at a white male voice for the most part. You know, all these papers and you look at the names and you're like, it's not really writing about the world if you're seeing it through this lens. 
I think as long as you're aware of it, it's, you know, there's a place to start at least. Um, yeah, for, well, I was going to give you my opinion, but I'll ask for you. Do you think that um, things are heading in the right direction in general in terms of yeah, mostly, yeah. Do you, do you think then, like, as young lady, it's hard to know because you, I guess I think you only have a few years to measure things by, but you notice any changes, say, from you were 15 to 20? You know what, I think, like, mm, yeah, I am. But at the same time, I think when people point out, like, oh, look, it's a woman doing that, and you're like, great. Like, can't that just be, like, the norm? I suppose that, I hope I hope and imagine will be the stage when a chunk of time down the line no one even comments that it's a That's it, you know, I mean, I'm not Theresa May's biggest fan, but I remember when she got the job, like, there was an article on her shoes and I was like, why? She does like shoes, doesn't she? Yeah, but, like, she's running the country, why are we focused on her shoes? <laughs> Got to get a bit of good news out there. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this uh, interview is strictly avoiding all conversations about politics <laughs> so i'm going to turn to the next bit which is okay. i'm traveling around yorkshire for a month yes interviewing all sorts of people all around the place seeking their wisdom on life i don't think i have much wisdom but i want the wisdom a wisdom the wisdom of you okay so take a card take a card. any card i'll go for the top uh, one. Oh, good start blank, blank. Uh, <laughs> ignore if you don't want to answer them you don't have to okay What's stopping me from living more adventurously? Um, at the moment, maybe money and time. Well, I don't know, because I'm working. So, like, I've been looking at, like, you know, going away somewhere, and then I'm like, but I don't have time to do that. And the degree thing, this year is my final year. I'm not letting myself go travelling around like I did last year. I get away with it in second year. I don't want to get away with it third year. What, what do you think... Um, what does living adventurously mean to you at the moment in your life? Um, at the moment, probably like just traveling. Or sometimes, like, I think, because your idea is like micro adventures, right? And I, I quite like that, you know, because like there's plenty of places, like, you don't think about going on an adventure in your hometown quite a lot. And I think, as kids, you do. And then you grow up and you're like, there's the whole big world and you just forget about things. So I think, I mean, at the moment, I'm doing dissertation research. That was pretty adventurous. We, uh, I'm doing Cold War geographies of North Yorkshire. So I've been looking for old Cold War bunkers, which is... Uh, That's cool. Urban exploration. And, it's a mountain and a bit of trespassing. Um, oh, great. But, um, I'm up for a bit of trespassing. That was great. I dragged, dragged my friend along to find one in Pickering, and we found it, and it's still there. But that, we had no idea where we were going. We were like, we could get a bit of trouble, but let's see, you know? Yeah, that is exploring. When I uh, I was at um, Edinburgh University, mm -hmm. and when I go back now, one of the things I really notice is how uncurious I was when I was a student. Like how okay. little I explored of yeah. that city. Um, it really amazes me how uncurious I was. I think I don't know. I've always been like a very observant child, and I think because like, I I. I take my glasses off when I'm in anywhere because I get too distracted by like everything around me. So if I take my glasses off and I can't see it, I'm like focused. But like, yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Good answer. Got Let's another one. Do the next one. Okay. You can. Why do you not act when you know what to do? So the reason I ask, why do you not act when you know what to do? The reason I'm asking this is sometimes I think right, what I need to do in life is this. 
and okay. it'd be cool if I do that because when I get there it'll be all yeah. good okay. but then I don't because and it's usually stuff in my head it's like procrastination yeah procrastination or scared or something stops me I so think what stops you when you know what you want to do I get that huh? my friend once described me as the most chaotic person she knows <laughs> so maybe that um, I'm strangely I'm quite, I can be organised but then also the way my brain works is very chaotic and like when I'm revising for exams I will leave it to the last minute which is a really bad habit in between revising I'll do other things that I really don't need to do and then when I have time to work on those kind of side projects I've been writing a novel for eight years and like the only time I'll sit down to write it is when I'm supposed to be revising for my exams you know so I think maybe I need a bit more self-discipline. I am so glad I don't have to revise for exams anymore. Oh, you know what? Once I get into it, I don't mind it. Because I do love what I study. That is so good to like what you study. And I think, especially with the geography, it's like you can kind of choose what you want. So I had two exams last year and it was urban geography and cultural historical. But they overlap. So I ended up like doing loads of research on Auschwitz because it just fascinated me, you know, like the site and like everything that went with it. So I could kind of really focus down on like one thing and I think I really kind of work well doing that, like focusing my mind on one thing. Have you read um, The Tattooist of Auschwitz? My mum's been telling me to read that for ages. Um, it's on my list and my list is very long. Okay, it's very good. <laughs> okay, next question. How could you be happier? Hmm. <laughs> Maybe some more serotonin. Um, I don't know. I think most of the time for me being happy is like stopping to actually recognize when you're happy. And I think, you know, like sometimes you just gotta be in the moment a lot more. Because a lot of the time we're rushing around. Someone decided we needed to be busy all the time, and I think like maybe not. So I think. I don't know, because happiness is always something you aim for. I think if you don't appreciate every single emotion you have, then, like, it's not worth it. you got to go for the ride. What's the t what is the time when you have stopped to notice that you think, ah, oh, this is good? You know, I did stop to notice when I was really late for the festival I played on Friday, and we were zooming around Nottingham in a car, and I was like, this is great. I feel like I'm in a movie, you know, like, I'm about to headline a festival. And, you know, when you just stop, you're like, when did this, like, happen? Yeah, you were, you were due on stage at half nine, <laughs> but you were late. Yeah, but it was, it was good. It was, I mean, we got there on time. It wouldn't have been good if we missed the festival at all. Um, so you launched onto stage at 29 minutes past. Wha yes. Whacked your shin on the way up. Oh, and still bruised, playing. yeah. How does it, that feel when you just get on stage <laughs> and there's a crowd of people really enjoying what you're creating? It's a doing? great feeling, especially when I can hide behind a piano and kind of watch from afar, you know, I really like that. Um, rather than being, like, Molly is great on stage, she is, like, she's got such a stage presence. If she's I'm, a diva. <laughs> I wouldn't use diva, but <laughs> she, she's very good. Yeah. She's very good. She, uh, we played Rock City the other night, and um, she, like, kind of, we started playing, and she kind of walked, she started singing, then she walked on, and, like, honestly, goals. She's like, got swagger. She's got, she's got more swagger than I have, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Next question. Next question. I got a blank one. I need to get these stupid blanks. <laughs> it's like the Joker. What is enough? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess it depends enough of whatever. I don't know. Enough of life or 
enough of life, enough I think stuff, you know what? enough my ambition. My little family's had a little bit of a rocky road because um, my mum had a bit of a cancer scare in April and we, she had to have an operation. There was about four months and we were like, we didn't know. And it was like a back and forth thing. And then after that, we were all like suddenly so kind of happy that we're all alive and healthy. And I think, you know, it's kind of, it took that for us to be like, we, what we've got is enough, we, you know? We need to live our lives now because you never know what's around the corner. Isn't it daft how we need something like a cancer scare to make us realize? A hundred percent, yeah. I mean, I don't know, because I, I think, because everyone's like, you don't know what you've got till it's gone. But There's a song in that. There is. But then I think, you know, because I sometimes feel like I do realise what I have and then when it is gone, it hurts just as much. So maybe, like, you know, don't think too much. Everyone says I worry too much, so... That's <laughs> <laughs> a very good answer. Next one. Do you wish you had more freedom? I think... Um, I, don't, I think... I have a lot of freedom. Consider, I don't know, I... I'm really fascinated by like, my, the book I'm reading at the moment is about East Germany. And before that, I read one about North Korea. So I think I do have a lot of freedom considering. I think it's good to stay grounded in that, you know, the look of being born in such like a, I don't know. I don't like using the word developed because I don't like the connotations of it, but I got lucky where I was born, you know. I got into a decent family and you know, I've never really struggled for money. So I think that has given me a lot of freedom. Um, and I, I intend to kind of like, I don't know, I felt last year I wasn't really doing anything and what's really bothered me recently is the refugee crisis and more the treatment that refugees get because they're just people and a lot of the time they don't get treated like that. And so I'd really like to kind of do something about it because I was kind of like, I talk about it and I don't actually do anything. So I think maybe I need to, I'm going to volunteer with the, the Nottingham kind of refugee society and do something at least. Do something. That's a Do pretty good, pretty yeah. good mantra, isn't it? Yeah. Cool. Next one. Next one. If you had one extra hour every day all to yourself, how would you spend it? <laughs> I think today I might take a nap. Such a student answer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is not very. I've been rushing around. I've been rushing around. But normally, I think maybe. I don't know. I would really like to get my novel written. Um, me and my dad are in a competition. He's just retired and he's always said he's going to write a novel when he's retired. And so I've been writing mine as well. So we're going to see who can get published first. That is a, that is a brilliant competition. <laughs> so maybe That's I'd spend it writing that to, you know, to beat, beat my dad to his. Because he was like, if I get published first, you're always just going to be my daughter. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, whoever gets first, the next one will yeah. either be daughter of Mr. So-and-so or, or the other one will be yeah. dad of... No, I think it's a good competition to have. It's a great competition. <laughs> I look back on my days at uni now just wishing I had as much time as I had back then. Yeah, you know, I sometimes feel like I'm... Actually, to be fair, I did start going climbing every night with my flatmate just to the, like, to the uni. We'd go for a climb and then a swim. And I feel like using the time like that was really good. We got into a really good habit. Um, so maybe one hour a day climbing as well, that's quite a good way to spend it, but do something. <laughs> cool. Next one, we'll do a couple more. Okay. If you could magically change one thing in your life, what would it be? Um, I don't know. 
I'm pretty happy at the moment. The oven in my house is broken. <laughs> so <laughs> it's been broken for, like, because I only live there over summer, you kind of just deal without it, but it would save my uncle a job fixing his oven, so <laughs> maybe. I think you're in a good place in life. I'm if in a the, good place, If the yeah. one thing you change in life would be fixing your oven, I think that's actually the perfect place for us to <laughs> stop the, the questions. Charlotte, thanks so much. Thank for, you uh, for having me. Yeah, it's been great. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you. Good luck with the rest of your degree. Thank you very much. Cheers. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Living Adventurously. There's show notes from every episode on my website, alistairhumphreys.com slash podcast. If you have enjoyed it, please take a screenshot of your phone and pop it up on social media or leave a review with your podcast provider. It makes a massive difference. Thank you very much. I teamed up with Kamut to make this podcast happen. In case you missed it, Kamut is an outdoor planning and navigation app that helps you explore more of the great outdoors. One of the many ways Kamut helps you have better adventures is through their inspiring collections. Are you exploring a new area and not sure where to begin? Type in where you want to go and local collections will suggest a number of cycling or hiking tours based on the most scenic routes. It's a great way to get started exploring in a new place, particularly if you don't know where to begin. Wherever you find yourself, your very own outdoor experiences are waiting for you. Go explore more with Kamut. Head to kamut.com slash chi and use the voucher code ADVENTUROUS to claim your free region bundle.